folks. Grab a seat and pour your drink neat as Whiskers and Whiskies presents Tales of the Trophies, the SEC's greatest rivalries. I'm Mike with EJ. How's it going, buddy? It's it's going. I feel like I say that most weeks, but this one this one's been a rough couple days. I feel like I don't know. Just feel what's going on. Feel just exhausted. Uh, we'll get into it later, but one of the worst beats betting wise ever is still mm-hmm. weighing on me and it's still annoying me, which it shouldn't anymore. But you know, I, I haven't turned the page yet. I'm hoping to turn mm-hmm. the page today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh that was a bad beat. That was that was definitely a bad beat. Um like, my soul left my body. And for the listeners here that were with me, uh Jimmy and Marin, they can attest to it. It was yeah rough i thought you were talking about all of the jaeger shots that That was also equally insane and that's a little medicine to help the pain go down though uh it was way too much medicine um (laughs) always is i mean we ended up finishing like the full bottle in in a matter of like a couple hours so Ah, uh, well, you know, that that's the that's the goal, right? Those like are the some, rules. Was it just was it you three or was Kelly partaking or Kelly really wasn't, but it was um it was myself, Jimmy, uh Marin and Aaron was were here. Um gotcha. So oh and excuse me, Haley, um Marin's sister as well. So it was uh yeah, it was a nice little crew, guys versus girls, and uh, the last time we did this, the girls were rough in a rough shape um, and did a lot of the losing. And, uh, you know, the, the law of averages <laughs> flipped the script on law Jimmy of averages, and I. baby. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy game. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, there was. Let's see. Yeah. K-State was a bad beat. I mean, Michigan was just like so frustrating for me like and i reached out to you when you were uh you got sent to the shadow realm but i tried to reach out to you to get your feel on that but you told me that you would have picked michigan to cover which i mean who would have thought that they just i mean it was like watching the steelers except we didn't even get to the red zone on sunday but yeah i mean just red zone collapses uh so that sucked that one missed by half a point yeah but the big the big one from the weekend, well, not the the big one on Saturday, was my nice little six leg teaser that I hit, which we told you folks we said last week, ranked teams on the road. Be careful, beware, and maybe an all time bad beat for some, but great cover for me was Penn State, which. Well, I mean, what a heartbreaker of a game for Penn State. You know, being from Western Pennsylvania, I have plenty of friends who are Penn State fans. And boy, I mean, I went up to like, I was assembling like a lot of baby furniture this weekend. And boy, just walked out of the room for two minutes and come back and Penn State scored or Ohio State scored two touchdowns in the fourth. Um, <laughs> the D lineman who had the strips, strips or the outside linebacker at the strip sack also then intercepted a ball and ran in. Uh, so it was just perilous, but thank, thank goodness the, the good folks at Penn state saw fit to drive down, get a cover for me. That was just beautiful. Uh, but, uh, ranked teams on the road had a nice little teaser. Yeah. Home dogs, man. Gotta always watch those home dogs. Nice. Well, but specifically we targeted the ranked teams that were on the road. The ranked teams. I didn't right, check. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do dogs across the board, home dogs across no. the board, but ranked teams on the road. Teaser with Penn State, the Mountaineers, which should have just been a regular old cover. Uh, Cal covered by like half a point as well, which was awesome. Uh, Louisville, straight up win there. K-State, uh, shellacking from start to finish. And then AM also just barely got the cover for me there so it was uh i was just i was that was wonderful that little six-legger hit and i didn't actually tell you ej i uh shout out to uh to dan my money don't jingle jurgle it folds uh he just had a feeling going and we got i mean we both bet michigan 
that that lost and then Saturday, Sunday afternoon in the midst of watching the Steelers just get smacked he texts me he's like I got a good feeling about or he, what did he specifically say he I'm not gonna scroll back and find it but he said like Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey two touchdowns each that sounds good I'm like I'm tailing you on that so I oh, bet, this wasn't the Zach Moss bet no, well, no, I did, I did bet Zach Moss, but uh, yeah. McCaffrey, McCaffrey to score, Taylor to score, parlay that, and I took or Henry to score two, McCaffrey to score two, and parlay that, and that total grouping right there was just a massive, massive win. I mean that that was just it was plus. 4,200 odds for them to both score two touchdowns. Wow. And Christian ran one, caught one, and threw one. Threw so, one. Uh, yeah, I saw the I saw his pass. At a baby. So that was uh that really between that that little teaser parlay and then that happening, uh, it set up for uh, the one of the best weekends I've had since week one. So uh it was just that was that was really what I needed. I was I was ready to quit gambling on uh I was actually ready to quit, quit, quit gambling Saturday afternoon after West Virginia. Yeah. I felt we th- we both felt really good about that one. Halloween I mean, in Morgantown. It, yeah. Uh, okay. I guess we'll we'll just go right to pick them. Um, yeah. So that was just one of the worst beats ever. It, you bad. had you had TCU had a million options on how to end that game and lobbing a bomb to the fucking end zone Mm -hmm. is not was very very low on the fucking list but it happened they broke the cover um most virginia was set the cover all all tcu had to do is knee it had to uh draw them off sides which they did and chuck the ball on the ground uh they they i I could probably walk you through about 10 other options uh, or just run around run backwards for a while yeah yep nope nope instead just play um, 500 and lob it to your NFL receiver who's six, five against a five, eight yep. college corner. Um, yeah. So that, that was terrible. I didn't bet that mm-hmm. much on it, but it was just the fact that uh, I was feeling great about at least getting to two wins, uh, for the pick them, uh, obviously still making money. And I had a big, big parlay, uh, that I, that Kentucky ended up messing up anyway, but that, <laughs> It was good. I think I what I do like ten teams, and I think I lost two of the games. Um, so uh, that that was just terrible. But I will say yeah. because I was, it was a ten team against the spread parlay. Yeah, all all wow, at a boy. Yeah, and it was uh, all underdogs, and um, the two that screwed up was Virginia and um, and Kentucky. So. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. It was like, oh, I'll throw five bucks on it, right? I didn't throw anything crazy. Five bucks on all the games I felt good about. And, um, you know, it, it was great. And, of course, the three I pick, only two of them hit. So the two that yeah. lost, lost. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just how it goes. But, um, yeah, so that did prompt me, especially with our game. So we were playing our drinking game to the Louisville game because uh, Jimmy was here. And so, basically, it's just um, you have two teams one team picks whether the next touchdown regardless of the team is going to be a passing touchdown or receiving or uh, or a rushing touchdown and then the other team picks uh, whether the next turnover was going to be an interception or a fumble and by god we lost them all and of course if you looked at the score or watched the game i think there was like 10 turnovers <laughs> and multiple touchdowns um so that was just terrible but i ended up yeah. In my sorrow, live betting Oregon minus 11 and a half. And it was a big bet, big, like Texas, one of my bigger bets that I, I, um, that I usually do. And it hit, thank God. So yeah. that put me at least in a good spot in the NFL. I didn't end up betting anything. I don't know. I just uh, didn't end up paying, didn't pay close enough attention. Like uh, yeah. there, there wasn't too much that I really loved. So. Well, and, you know, speaking of Kentucky, um, you know, when I, I also bet on that game with, with Dan, when my don't juggle, it folds. Um, and buddy, like we're sitting there and we're like, how, how stupid are we? Like just watching both games unfold. It's like, okay, 
we chose to ride in on the horse with a with a a team playing a rivalry game against the bitter, bitter rival at night. Uh, you know, we chose that horse to ride on, and they can't score a freaking touchdown in the red zone to save their life versus a red hot Tennessee in the black uniforms at home at night uh, against a basketball school. And I mean, just boy felt so stupid watching that game. I mean, there there's, there's two big things, right? One Tennessee has Georgia this week. So very mm-hmm. easy to overlook that. And two, if Will Levis is a first round pick, he probably should be able to pass for more than 98 yards against the 120th pass defense in the league. Okay. Those two things coupled together shouldn't well, they have also, they, 30 Tennessee, point dogs. Tennessee did get their uh, their safety back, which which helps. Like, you know, I know one player that's doesn't worth make a difference. A 120th, Michael, not like 50. Well, make a Fitzpatrick makes that difference for the Steelers. I would say with or without Mika, they go from being like a uh, a a good pass defense to 120th ranked in the NFL. Like they're adding teams. There's uh, XFL teams and arena teams with better uh, defenses. I will say I was expecting a lot more from Levis. And the fact that he didn't even throw for fucking a hundred yards is absolutely pathetic. And yeah, I mean, it's not um, like they had to score to keep up either. So. Right. That's the thing. Like, did I think they were going to win? Absolutely not. Did I expect Levis to show us why he's the first round pick and keep them in the game against a horrible pass defense? I sure did. <laughs> Yeah. Lesson learned. Yeah. Hey, you live, you learn. There's a song about that. Um, All right. So what's our standings right now? Give it to us. This is yeah, a tight race. So, I mean, we were, I was we really talking... nervous. I, I mean, I told you I was back and forth about the picks. Uh, I mean, I almost picked Louisville because, uh, you know, I saw Jimmy actually picked Wake. I'm like, well, I should take Louisville. Uh, but I didn't. I almost took K State, but I didn't. Uh, I get. I took him in the parlay, which worked out. But uh, or the teaser. Well, I took him in a parlay too. The parlay didn't hit, obviously. Our standings are in dead last still. EJ and Chris with four wins. But congrats to you guys for getting another win this week. Uh oh, Joe is also dead last with you at four. Um, then Jimmy one notch above at five, then Nick with 10, me with 12 and Nathan maintains a half point advantage due to Sparty's half point cover. And that's where we are. There it is. Uh, it's coming down. We were just talking about, um, this off. Did I say Nathan uh, or did I say Nick again? Nathan. Okay. I don't know. My brain is like mush. So yeah, we're, we're coming on the stretch here now, guys. We have four games left in, in college football, like in the regular four season. weeks, four it's, weeks. Okay. Most teams have, have done their buy. Okay. Four weeks left. Um, I guess if you have not had your buy. Oh, uh, well then that, yeah. Like I said, my brain's mush. Don't even listen to me. I'm just <laughs> talking nonsense tonight. So, um, so regardless that it is coming down the stretch here, um, obviously a couple of impro- like improbable, um, you know, three and O, uh, weeks can, can catapult you. Um, especially since no one seems to really have consistently, um, stacked too many, two win weeks in a row. So, uh, yeah, this is gonna, it's gonna be a tight one down the stretch here. Um, I will say we probably need to touch on this briefly here. Um, but right before, so we're recording this on Tuesday mm-hmm. and right before we jumped on, uh, the first college football ranking playoff rankings, uh, came out. They um, did. What, what are your thoughts on, on this? I, I have, thoughts what are, what are your thoughts should we run through uh for everyone what the rankings are so far yeah let's do it well uh should we do, do we we'll just do the four in the playoff and then the two left out um actually i, I kind of want to talk about some some that aren't in that top six do you want to do like the top 25 or what top do you 10 do? we'll just go top, top 10. 10 top yeah 10. all right okay. so, at, so at 10 there's lsu the yes. only two lost team there 
Uh, so they're the, the committee sees them as the top of the two loss um, category. Uh, obviously, or a lot some of this... with one loss or some with one loss. Yeah, yeah. I'm just well, yeah, they expanded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, we'll just say this now. This is going to work itself out. So people shouldn't get too um, yeah. riled up about it. However, there are definitely some implications based on where they started here. Um, mm-hmm. So you have LSU at 10, USC at nine. Oregon at eight, TCU mm-hmm. at seven, mm-hmm. Alabama at six, mm-hmm. Michigan at five, Clemson at four, mm-hmm. Georgia at three, mm-hmm. Ohio State at two, mm-hmm. and, and Rocky Top on top. Boo. <laughs> so what what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is uh, fair? Uh, any surprises for you? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I mean – I guess starting with like 10, I mean, I'm looking to see if there's teams that I would put above LSU, maybe Ole Miss. I, I guess they figure that LSU's hanging in a better direction than Ole Miss is. Um, I mean, that's the only one that's like screaming to me right now. I think, okay, State's pretty low. They're 10, 18. Um, USC uh and Oregon being right there that I mean makes sense TCU at seven okay being at six that's totally fair and and Michigan being the first one out I think that's probably realistic especially given the game that was played this week uh Clemson at four I mean yeah it's it's because it's Clemson right if any other team has that schedule and wins the way they win I don't think that I think they're out and Michigan's in, but uh, the thing that really, and then Ohio state too. Sure. Um, the thing that really gets me and sticks in my craw is Tennessee at one and Georgia at three. I think that that's just why, why, why is that the case? I mean, I guess they figure that like the win over Alabama is more impressive than any of Georgia's wins thus far, though. And I guess the way they decimated Kentucky too, but like to quote Mr. Feinbaum or the people that call Mr. Feinbaum, they ain't played nobody, Paul. They have, you know, their signature wins came at home. We're going to see what happens when they play Georgia this week and, and how that all shakes out. But well, I, guess I don't my know, question, man. My question would be in rebuttal to that. What's who's Georgia beat? Right. I mean, that that's that's the reason. Right. But Georgia's also your defending national champion and they're undefeated, too. So yeah. like, usually that means something. I, I so my my thoughts were obviously if, that, it, if it was sorry, sorry, just real quick. If it was Alabama, Alabama would be one. Agree or disagree. If it were Alabama, like... if, if Alabama were undefeated. And Tennessee was also undefeated. I think Alabama would be number one in this scenario. Like, assuming they didn't play each other, right? I, 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 I would. Okay, so my thoughts on it is, and and this is where obviously the subjectivity comes into it. But they clearly see that Tennessee, and I, I think I agree with it. Tennessee's win over Alabama is probably the signature win for any team in college football, right? Yeah. I don't know that there was a better win for any team in college football at home with shitty refs. It was a great, it was a great win. So I would say when it comes to Georgia, they outside of absolutely murdering Oregon um, in the uh, neutral site, not really, um, you know, season opener, they, they have beaten bad teams, not blown them out. Um, and again, it's not their fault, right? It's not their fault that their schedule is what it is. Obviously, right. they're going to get a chance to rectify that this weekend. But I would say because Tennessee has won in more um, and better fashion, and maybe it's just the one win versus Kentucky again is better than any other Georgia win outside of the Oregon game. So I, I think that's I'm fine with that. Like I said, they're gonna they're gonna hash it out. I think the most important thing for them that Michigan is probably going to be upset about is them both being in the top three or in the top four allows a scenario that the loser of next week's game could still potentially get in the playoff. 
And yeah. with Michigan being fifth, clearly that shows, and it's not like Clemson is that impressive. And, and, but I think that shows that the Michigan's non-conference schedule caught up to them. And the fact that they had, I think Penn state's the only team that they really pulled away with and looked impressive against. Like they were tied at halftime against Indiana. They were only up seven with Michigan state, obviously struggled to really pile it on like they should have. Um, so I'm just thinking in this scenario, if Michigan loses to Ohio state and they're the one loss team that doesn't go to the big 10 championship, doesn't get that extra game. I don't think they're going to get that benefit of the doubt based on how, um, the, the playoff committee is seeing them versus the Georgia, Tennessee situation. Well, but also if it also lays out a situation where if Georgia beats Tennessee, and I think this only happens if Georgia wins. I don't know if it happens if if Tennessee wins. Maybe it happens if Tennessee wins, but I think it has a much better shot if Georgia wins. If Georgia, especially if it's a close game, if Georgia wins a close game, which I think if they were to win, it would be a close game. Um, I think if Tennessee wins, there's a chance it could be a blowout. Georgia wins a close game. Georgia and Alabama win out the rest of their games. Alabama wins the SEC. Then you have one loss, Alabama SEC champion. You have one loss, Georgia SEC runner up. And you have one loss, Tennessee, who lost to Georgia. Then that is a nightmare scenario. You probably have to leave Tennessee out in that situation. Like whoever wins this game, whoever wins this game between Tennessee and Georgia, like if they lose the SEC championship but win the rest of their games, I think they have a good shot making the playoffs still. But, you know, I think that's kind of what we're looking at here. Yeah, it depends. It depends on what Clemson does, what Michigan does. Um, also, Michigan's just not going to be Ohio State. I mean, that that's just that's just not going to happen. I, I, I think – I mean, I don't know. Again, like I've, I actually really haven't been able to watch Ohio State. Obviously, they've been without Smith and Jigba. He's going to be back for the Michigan game. So mm-hmm. that changes what they have currently looked like. It's going to be in Columbus. Michigan hasn't won in Columbus in like 30 years. So um, it's stacked against them. And I don't yeah. know that I've seen anything thus far against lesser opponents that would make me think that they could go into Columbus. Now, if this game was in Ann Arbor, it'd be probably a different feel for me, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of surprised at, uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, I was kind of surprised that Michigan was below Clemson, but I guess that just shows that because they really haven't blown anybody out and then they played a really, any real team, um, the, the non-conference schedule was about the worst that you could possibly have. Um, I mean, I guess not just because it's Michigan, but to me, I hate like boring non-conference games. I wish that teams were forced to play at least one power five school non-conference. Um, so I, I appreciate that uh, from the committee. Um, honestly, TCU below Alabama, they're in the committee. The dude's reasoning was a little surprising to me. I know Alabama's your boys, but they they are very easily a two to three loss team potentially like right they should have lost to texas they lost to tennessee they haven't looked great and tcu's undefeated and have played i mean i guess you can have the argument of whether big 12 schools are really any good but tcu's been through a gauntlet now i think they're going to end up losing one and it's a moot point anyway but um i think that was just kind of surprising to begin with and then oregon like maybe it's just because people can't get that nasty loss out of their um their minds and Again, Oregon's only been able to play who they've played, but I was kind of surprised. They've looked really, really, really good. Um, yeah, they looked uh, a lot better. And uh, I, I think, I mean, I think if the, oh, sorry, you're good. I no, I was just going to say, like, I think they're they're a team that people um, are sleeping on, I think, because you don't watch them because they're on at 11 o'clock and you just have that seared in your brain how embarrassing that loss to Georgia was. Um I mean, again, they'll have a chance. I think if they win the Pac-12 one loss, I think they should yeah. be in. They have a lot of advanced yeah. metrics on their on their uh, side. They've yeah. been blowing teams out, uh, bad teams like they. And should. the Georgia loss loss was the first week, right? Right. So, like, I mean, teams change, you know. Sure. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be like, I don't know. 
we'll 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 see what it, it really could go a lot of different ways assuming yeah. like it could be chaos and that it really be could interesting. be it doesn't i will say it this year definitely doesn't feel like a chaos which other years i like i remember last year like oh my god so many things could happen this year it doesn't feel like a big chaos year it feels like pretty clear to me on who the teams are going to be i think the four teams that are in now are who's going to be in it um but I, it could be like, it, I guess there there are, uh, there could be a sneaky chaos here. So I just feel so. like of all the years where a 12 team playoff or anything more than four, this is, this is the year for it. Because again, yeah. I think we could just all be eating crow next week. If Georgia like says, okay, we haven't played anyone, but now we're ready right now. We're up for this game and this mm-hmm. is a quality opponent and they just, murder Tennessee and it's like okay they're still the number oh, one. Oh I team. hope so. But right now oh, I, I don't so. think you can definitively say any of those teams in the top 10 are a surefire national champion and that's not been the case for the last five six years right you've right. known well, that's that what it's been one or two schools right this year it could be any of them unless Georgia decides to be Georgia. Yeah yeah I don't know, but yeah, I, I think that's interesting. Um, like I said, I'm not going to get too fired up about it because a lot of this is going to play itself out, but um, very interesting to see what these first rankings are. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so why don't we get to our rivalry here? So we're talking about the Palmetto Bowl today. That is the game, an in-state rivalry game, cross-conference game between the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Clemson Tigers. Uh, so the drink that we're drinking today is the Charleston Breakfast Coffee. Uh, so this is a signature coffee or a signature cocktail in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, it, it is exactly what you think it is. It's Irish coffee, but with not Irish whiskey. Um, so it's very simple. Get yourself a nice little dark roast. Get yourself a heavy cream. Whip it up into a nice lather Whip. there. Whip it. Um, and they use they recommend using simple syrup instead of brown sugar, which is typically in an Irish coffee. Um, and then you add your whiskey and they have a brand um, that they recommend. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get it, but there is a, um, uh, a distillery, High Wire Distilling Company um, from Charleston. And that is what they recommend. Um, High Wire? Yes. Never even heard of them before. Me neither, uh, but it is delicious. I'm drinking coffee because I have more work to do after <laughs> after today, so I needed a little pick me up. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm getting pinged on Slack right now. Actually, <laughs> of course, I just set uh, myself as a way. So. <laughs> uh, cheers, everyone! Cheers. Tis tis the season. Um, okay. So little fun fact here about this game. Um, so since 2015, the two teams, uh, so South Carolina and Clemson, um, have also competed in, uh, what's called the Palmetto series. Um, so that's the head to head competition between the two schools in, uh, more than a dozen sports. So this Palmetto competition extends. Yes, beyond just football, which I also think is pretty awesome. I love that. I love when schools do that. That's fantastic. So what do you think this trophy looks like? Uh, Have you ever had Palmetto Brewing, by the way? I have not. Oh, man, it's good stuff. It's um, it's obviously it's in South Carolina. We had we went to uh, Myrtle Beach one time, man. It was good stuff. I like it quite a bit. Uh, anyways, enough about that. Uh, you know, you know, I have a friend, um, Josh, and his brother Ian and his wife Cammy really like Charleston, and they, um, for I think it was for a wedding favor or maybe it was just with a random I forget what they gave me like a pineapple bottle opener it's like a little gold pineapple with a bottle opener on the top that like it kind of comes out of the top of the pineapple that's what I think the trophy looks like just bigger pineapple yeah I don't know I don't okay. know I just I every time I think of Charleston I think of that little bottle opener so you know I'm gonna go with that all right we'll see if you're right <laughs> So we I are. I keep it interesting. You know? Yeah, I know. 
Uh, so we are coming down to the final stretch here. So because this is an in-state rival, uh, that means we have to do some state trivia. So we're going to do a little bit of South Carolina state trivia. Ooh, are, okay. are you ready? I am ready. I Great. really don't know much about South Carolina. So, well, we're going to put that to the test. So question number one, South Carolina was the blank number of states to join the union. Was it a, the eighth state B the 12th state C the 15th state or D the 18th state. Oh boy. I got to think of my 13 original colonies Mm -hmm. Would the Carolinas like one and then Mm -hmm. split Mm -hmm. off. I'm going to say, uh, that's weird because they were the Carolinas, but when did they split? Was it after the colonies? I'm going to say 12. That is incorrect. They were the eighth state. To join eighth the state. Okay. Back in 1788. Okay. All right. There you go. Number two, South Carolina is the country's second leading producer of what fruit? Is it A, apples? B, peaches, C, limes, or D, pineapples? Probably not apples. Uh, I think peaches or pineapples. I'm going to say pineapples because of the uh, the ball. <laughs> Look at that. It is wrong. Ah, well. They are give it a the shot. second leading producer of peaches. That, I knew it was one of those two because it's so close to Georgia, you know. <laughs> Correct. And Georgia is not the number one. Actually, South Carolina at number two produces three times more peaches than Georgia. And they throw shade on their travel information, um, joking about how Georgia takes all of the um, the glamour for that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Justin Bieber gets his peaches down in Georgia. I get, um, yeah, indeed he does. He also gets his weed from California, which is actually the leading awesome. producer of fruit uh, of um, peaches. So, oh, uh, yeah, okay. There you go. Uh, number three, South Carolina lames claim as the birthplace of what popular food? Is it a apple pie, b barbecue, c hamburgers, or d hot dogs? What do you think? Well, hamburgers. The original. No, I don't think it was the hamburger recipe. Because there's. um, Well, there's a restaurant in Chicago that is like the first hamburger spot. I don't know if they claim that they were the first people to make it by making Illinois the first state or what. But I don't think it was them. Uh hot dogs there was a story about like in a baseball game where they gave the wieners with like a glove but then they ended up putting it in a bun so i don't think that would be south carolina either uh barbecue's pretty obscure like that's a pretty general like general thing and when i think of like you hear like kansas city barbecue texas barbecue you never hear although you do hear like carolina vinegar so it could be carolina Yeah, because you do hear a lot about Carolina bar- like barbecue, but is that North or South Carolina? Doesn't matter. I'm going to say apple pie, though. It's the only one I can't think of. Was that correct? Incorrect. Incorrect. Okay. Was it barbecue? It's barbecue. Okay. So how they describe it is from the original origin of barbecue. Um, technically, it needs to be two things. It needs to be pork, and it needs to be the slow cooking technique of a full animal. So when um, how it's described back in 1566 is when this date 1566. Correct. So native Americans were already putting full animals onto spigots and slow cooking them over an open flame. And the Spanish came over and introduced pig 
So they used to in 1566. There's documents. Um, that doesn't count. And that doesn't count. It's before South Carolina was even a state. It was uh, before the union was even created. That's it, erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. I, I don't buy it. Sorry, go so ahead. Continue they, with your. They lay claim to barbecue. And now that makes me really want to try South Carolina barbecue because it's interesting because you hear Carolina barbecue, but you always think North Carolina. Indeed. And maybe that's just wrong. That's um, why I thought you were throwing a red herring at it. Me, no. So, hmm. Um, all right. Number four South Carolina is known for having an island home to which animal? So, this is an in, uh, uninhabitable island or in, yeah, uninhabitable island um, for humans, but it is. Um, one specific animal on this island. Is it A, wolves? Is it B, parrots? Is it C, alligators? Or is it D, monkeys? I know there's like a goat island in one of the Carolinas. I wish it was goat. Um, gotta be parrots or monkeys. Monkeys. That is correct. Boom. South Carolina's Morgan Island is home to a population of rhesus, rhesus yep. monkeys. Um, they're very intelligent. They they're the helper monkeys. Okay, there you go. Rhesus, and this yeah, this island is highly guarded and not open to the general population. Boom. So you can't go and hang out with these monkeys. All right, last question here. South Carolina is the, is the birthplace of sweet tea. Which city first made it? Is it? A, Mount Pleasant, B, Sumter, C, Somerville, or D, Goose Creek? Mount Pleasant. Wrong. It is Total C, shot in the dark. Somerville. And that oh, that back... sounds so perfect. I thought that I thought you just made that up. Yeah, so Somerville uh, dates back to the 1700s, sweet tea does. Um, and they even have a sweet tea trail that you can follow uh, to, to see the origins for yourself. And they also have sweet tea festivals. Um, it's a whole ordeal down there. Okay. Well, there you go. There's a little state trivia for you. So why don't we talk a little bit more about this rivalry? So the first matchup was in 1896 and South Carolina won that 12 to six. Um, but Clemson won 13 of the first 17 matchups. Okay. So overall, Clemson leads the series 72 wins to 42 losses and four ties. Mm-hmm. And this series was played for 11, 111 straight years until COVID canceled the game in 2020. So no break for uh, for a world war, huh? No, no, these guys don't care. <laughs> so it was the longest continuous non-conference rivalry in the nation. Uh, it was the second largest continuous rivalry in uh, Division I college football. And then it was also the longest uninterrupted rivalry series in the South. And another little fun fact for you in the history in the entire history of the series, the game has never been played anywhere besides Columbia, uh, South Carolina, which is where the University of South Carolina is at um, or Clemson. So it's always been on each other's campuses. You know how they do at Clemson, that whole bus ride to the stadium and stuff like that? Yeah. Isn't it like 100 feet? <laughs> Yeah, but like when you really think about it, it's just because that school is too cheap. They're not too cheap. They just built like a massive, you know, Dabo land uh, football complex. Like that football building is insane. But like the, the locker rooms just aren't at the stadium. So yeah. you have to pack onto a bus and get bus down to the stadium. I will say the tradition of running down that hill um, just seems like a bad idea. I mean, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Can't how wait many times, for Dabba to hurt himself. Right. I don't. And clearly there, I feel like I would have heard about injuries happening there. Um, so they must know how to do it, but that just seems like a bad idea. The first time someone breaks their stuff going down <laughs> that hill, it's yeah. going to stop. So I hope it's Dabo, but I, that's, I don't, I don't wish that. I don't wish injury on people. I take it back. All don't you wish that Dabo. evil on me, Ricky Bobby. All the best, Dabo. Um, really, but... All right. So, guys, I have to give you another history lesson to really help paint the picture of this rivalry. Uh, so, unlike major college rivalries, the South Carolina Clemson rivalry did not start because of uh, like competitive sports or, you know, the beginning of um, football programs. 
This deep-seated bitterness begins way before Clemson even received its charter and became a college. So the two institutions were founded 88 years apart. So South Carolina uh, College was founded in 1801 and Clemson Agricultural College was founded in 1889. Okay. Now, what do you think could have made this rivalry so heated before even one of the schools existed? Dabo Sweeney. Incorrect. What is something that people just can never agree with and you're usually on polar opposite sides of something? Uh, can never agree with on total opposite. I mean, that's like, there's so many things like, uh, I don't know. Uh, gosh, the list is like endless here. Can you give me like a ballpark on this? Uh, like, sure. An important date is coming up in a week next Tuesday. Birthday. Wait, Who's or what? Birthday? Well, Tuesday I'll, I'll, is voting day. Michael. Oh, Tuesday's voting day politics okay politics is of course what made this a heated rivalry before even one of the schools was created like whose birthday dad <laughs> so south carolina college was founded in 1801 to unite and promote harmony between the low country and the back country uh it closed during the civil war when its mm -hmm. students aided the southern cause um and joined the um confederates mm -hmm. um but the uh, closure gave politicians an opportunity to reorganize it um, to its liking. So the radical Republicans in charge of the state government during Reconstruction opened the school to uh, African-Americans and mm. women while mm -hmm. appropriating uh, generous funds to the university, uh, which caused the white citizens of the state to withdraw their support. For the the backcountry boys didn't like that. Yes, and view it as a symbol of the worst aspects of the uh, the Reconstruction. So just to give people, I know radical Republicans probably sound like something you'd call them today, um, but they were a faction of American politicians uh, within the Republican Party uh, from its founding in 1854 until Reconstruction uh, in 1877. Uh, but they called themselves radicals because of their goal of immediate, complete, and permanent eradication of slavery without compromise. How so, dare them? Radical How Republicans in this case are good. <laughs> so the Democrats returned to power in 1877 following their electoral victory over the Radical Republicans, which prompted them to close the university. Um, and so they, uh, the sentiment in the South favored opening uh, an agricultural college. Uh, so, the uh, so the university was reorganized as the South Carolina College of Agriculture and Mechanic Arts. And that, in, uh, sorry, so and in 1882, the college was renamed uh, to its antebellum name, which, if anyone is unclear, was the time of the South leading up to the Civil War. Um, and uh, so that's where the promotion of slavery and then and, and the life uh, back then, that's why uh, that is not good. Uh, so Lady Annabelle's racist? Uh, that's why they're Lady A. Um, yes. So while while the, the, that obviously encapsulate just the, the Southern um, traditions at the time, uh, that goes beyond slavery, but obviously a very component of that was slavery. Right. Um, so right. probably shouldn't be you know, glamorized there. So, uh, but they renamed it um, back to just South Carolina College, uh, which infuriated the farmers um, who uh, felt that the the will of the people were, you know, de-emphasizing the agricultural education. Um, so Clemson from its beginning was an all-white military, like male military school. And mm -hmm. it remained that way all the way up until 1955 when it changed to civilian status and became a co-educational institution and kind of um, became what we know as it is today. Mm -hmm. um, however, that skips over how Clemson became a school and really where this deep-seated um, hatred comes from. So mm -hmm. beginning in 1880s, uh, Benjamin Tillman uh, was a leader of the uh, agrarian movement in South Carolina and demanded that the South Carolina College take agricultural education more seriously uh, and expand that agricultural We got peaches department. to grow. Right. Uh, you know, the, he, he needed the, those farmers. So in 1885, he convinced the um, agricultural uh, or the then president of that school, uh, Stephen D. Lee, um, 
to try and create a separate agricultural college. Mm -hmm. Um, And he really wanted to settle for nothing less. Um, And he unfortunately didn't get his way. Um, Mm -hmm. But eventually when the, uh, the Republicans got their power back, they Mm -hmm. did create a college um, from 1887 to 1890. Um, But there were a lot of uh, kind of smear campaigns that really caused uh, the support for that school to still be pretty low. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that leads us to 1886 and a a fellow named Thomas Green Clemson. And he decided to agree uh, to give his estate, uh, the Fort Hill estate, to establish this agricultural college. So Tillman was all about it. What a guy. I know. But Tillman didn't want to wait until Clemson died to start this college. So he really pushed um, the state uh, assembly. Push Clemson in front of a bus. I think he probably thought about it. I'm sure. I'm sure back then he probably thought about just going out and shooting him. Um, when I put it back. Thanks for the uh, cash, homie. Right. So he, he basically just really pleaded for the state government to give some of the funds to create this separate college. Um, but they decided to not do that. Um, however, they uh, less than nine days later, uh, Clemson did die in 1888. Um, and <laughs> under what circumstances it doesn't say <laughs> it does not say however the the state didn't necessarily have to accept um the gift from Clemson, right and the conservatives that were in power uh, opposed the move and an all-out war for power just happened because of that so Basically, what ends up happening is you just still have Tillman really fighting hard to get this college. And the government at the time um, did not want to give it to him. Yeah. So. What ends up happening is in 1888 uh, that the election there afforded Tillman an opportunity to convince the politicians uh, to accept the Clemson bequest. Uh, and face the possibility of or face the possibility of being voted out. So he demanded that the Democratic Party nominate its candidates by primary system, which was denied. But they did accept his request that the candidates for statewide office canvass the state. So Tillman provided uh, an excellent campaign um, to try and get his Democratic uh, people into office uh, so that they would accept this this college. I don't know why this guy was so passionate about this, but he really did. So mm-hmm. he, he ends up getting this college finally created. Um, and it was, they accepted the will. Um, but Tillman also ended up running, uh, for governor. Oh, yes. So he, he, he was still very angry at all the people that were in power that wouldn't give him that college beforehand. So then he became a uh, governor and basically went on a revenge tour. <laughs> so he yeah so nice. he's he just basically just went after all the people in power that uh wronged him uh and made sure that they weren't love me a good to, grudge yeah good for him yeah so he um <laughs> he he really just went all out and stopped uh and just like i said went on a revenge tour of all the people that wronged him and he leveled his uh harshest criticism towards the university of south carolina obviously because they wanted nothing to do with this college and didn't want to give up any of their land plot to make this college um so he called them the, a dude factory and a this, dude factory i don't know i don't dude factory must have been not a great thing back then that sounds um, like sigma chi at state yeah so he, he tried to close it he, he tried to close the university, couldn't get it closed, uh, couldn't get South Carolina closed. So he was successful in reorganizing the university into a liberal arts college. Um, who got them good. Um, <laughs> and then it, it eventually would be rechartered for the last time in 1906 as the University of South Carolina. Um, however, the uh, Clemson Agricultural College held sway over the state legislatures for decades and was generally the more popular college during the first half of the 20th century in South Carolina. Okay. Basically, you just have this whole thing where South Carolina was created, but didn't like farmers. You have one powerful, determined-ass man who 
creates this, eventually gets this agricultural college created, becomes governor, invokes war on the South Carolina University, uh, and it just completely did it what he could and the politicians that supported him to, to make it miserable for the University of South Carolina for decades. Ah, I, I, like I said, I appreciate a good grudge. Yeah. Yeah. This one was, this one was a lot. And yeah, I'm not sure what happened to Mr. Clemson. Um, but you know, it, <laughs> it, it is, it is very, um, interesting that, you know, you had someone bound and determined to, to accept this gift, but didn't want to wait for that dude's death. So <laughs> we'll leave it at there. Did someone poison the, the little brown jug? Did Clemson get murdered? I don't know. I don't know. Who's to say? Impossible to, to say. say. Um, all right. So in 1999, so the, this rivalry um, for decades was called the Palmetto Bowl by, um, you know, just by nickname. Uh, right. It didn't right, have right. a trophy attached to it until 1999. And that's when the Hardee's trophy was introduced. So like ahead, the restaurant? Yes. So go ahead and scroll down and tell me what you think. Was it sponsored by Hardee's, the restaurant? Yes. That looks like what was created by Hardy's the restaurant. Uh, it's very 1999. It's um, got a black base, uh, circular base with um, this is like so 1999. Black circular base with a um, uh, like plaque, excuse me, a plaque on the front that says Palmetto Trophy awarded annually to the winner of Clemson University, University of South Carolina football game. Uh, I assume there's plaques with the scores and stuff like that on it. There's then there's a gold base again, circular with four Eagles on the base. And then there's four gold columns that go up to another black circular base, which then has a gold football on like a little stand on top of it. So it looks like a pretty, you know, it, it reminds me of like the first iteration of the Cyhawk, like yeah. just the classic you know, football trophy, but like pretty, pretty, uh, standard, pretty standard fare. Yeah. Well, this trophy, uh, like I said, was awarded, uh, first in 1999 and would last 15 years before it was replaced. Okay. So that is not the current trophy. Okay. So enter the Palmetto bowl. So the annual, uh, game was dubbed the uh, unofficially the Palmetto bowl, uh, beginning back in the 1950s, um, but in 2014, it was officially recognized as such um, when both athletic departments agreed to just formally adopt the, you know, the long reference nickname. Um, so uh, introduced before the 2015 season, the Palmetto Bowl Trophy replaced the Hardy's Trophy as the award given to the winner of that game. So scroll down and tell me what you think of the current Palmetto Trophy. Fancy. Uh, this is the current trophy? Correct. Well, it looks small. Uh, you oh, scroll down small. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it is small. Uh, so it's probably like a foot. A foot tall, I guess. Foot and uh, a half, baby. Yeah, it's probably a foot and a half. Uh, it's a black base with a silver plaque on it that says the Palmetto Bowl. It has Clemson and uh, South Carolina's logo on it. It has smaller plaques for the games and the scores. And then on top of that black base with the silver plaques, there is a uh, a silver palmetto tree. And then a, um, or I guess just a palm tree. Um, what's the difference between a palm and a palmetto? I mean, it is a palmetto tree, but yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. There you go. That's, that's a, a state tree. That's a state tree. If you will. Okay. A silver palmetto tree. And then a, um, on the base that the palmetto tree is on, a little silver base, it has like the Clemson logo and it has the South Carolina logo etched on it. And the Clemson one's colored in orange. The South Carolina one, I assume, probably has like a red or black etching on it. It's hard to tell in the picture. Um, I don't think yeah. so. I think it's just silver because you can see the color in 
the the logo yeah. on the big base. Yeah, I mean they didn't obviously they didn't color it in. I'm just I'm wondering if like the etching around it is like red because why give Clemson colored in orange and have that one just silver? That's a big. Know. If that is the case, it's a big knock against the forming. You just give Clemson the color, but you don't give any coloring to South Carolina. That that stinks. I mean that you, you just got done listening how Clemson was the favorite school for decades. I guess so. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm not really I'm not really blown away by this one. I, I'm not gonna lie. Uh they could have could have gone a different direction, man. I mean, make it bigger at least, you know. Um yeah, that stinks. So Clemson holds a 44 win to 29 loss to two tie advantage in the modern era. So post World War II uh, and Clemson leads the series uh, 14 to seven in the 21st century. Uh, So Clemson's 72 wins overall against South Carolina is more than any other program has. And South Carolina's 42 wins against Clemson is third most behind Georgia's 43 wins and Georgia Tech's 50 wins. Hmm. So let me give you a little bit of uh, parting ways about this rivalry here. So there's a ritual. So every year, each school engages in a ritual involving the other team's mascot. So South Carolina holds the tiger burn and Clemson holds a mock funeral for cocky, uh, which can we just talk about the new nickname for the stupid mascot and how they could have just they should have stuck to their guns and went with cock commander. That would have been <laughs> incredible. I, I agree. Uh, so after seven students, six from South Carolina and one from Clemson died um, in the Ocean uh, Isle Beach Fire in 2007, the cocky funeral was canceled and the Tiger Burn was changed to the Tiger Teardown for that year. Uh, but it's, it's back to being the Tiger Burn and the funeral for cocky now. Correct. Ocean Isle Beach. Oh, wow. That sucks um okay all right i like the ritual yeah no i i think uh i think that's pretty unique that um that that's something that gets to continue i feel like nowadays stuff like that wouldn't yeah except well i know there's like fun little things where uh and maybe there's more and it's just again not captured um but uh you know a painting the uh, a car we did that in high school where yeah, there's a, yeah, a car yeah. dealership that you know would would uh, paint junk cars and let fans come up and you know take a sledgehammer to it so yeah i always think those are a little fun um all right so that's going to do it for us with this uh why don't we get to our rankings uh so we are ranking on a scale from one to five for the looks of the trophy the history of the trophy the history of the rivalry uh, and the overall competitiveness of the rivalry, and then whether it fits into a bottom, middle, or top tier. So what do you think, Mike? Uh, Looks-wise, I'm going to give it like a one and a half. I think this trophy stinks. Uh, It just, it it stinks. There's so much more that they could have done with it. Like, if it was just, like, the way it looks isn't so bad. Uh, Like, the palmetto tree is nice. It just is small. So I guess like all of the one and a half is really going towards, I think the tree's cool. Uh, that's a good idea, I guess. Uh, but it stinks. Uh, the history of the trophy is a one. Uh, I mean, Hardy's created the first one and then it, it just, it stinks. Uh, the rivalry itself. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, they have like the, the, you know, this is, I think it's cool. That it's the Pal- Palmetto series overall. Um, obviously there's a lot of hate and animosity between these schools before they were even created. Um, so clearly they don't like each other. So just like the rivalry and the pure hatred in state, I'm going to say 4.5 competitiveness, uh, three, like right in the middle of the road there. Uh, you know, at 2.5, it shouldn't be middle of the road. It should be 2.5. Uh, so then overall, I'm going to say bottom tier. That is surprising for me. Why? Why? Why is that? Because we have seen some blech trophies in our two years. Just yeah, it's this. This is just like so. Like it's I, just. Why is the orange 
tiger paw like colored in and the gamecock thing isn't like and also like just do the game like it it stinks it stinks man that's i fair. would say I, that, that's the, i i have i don't know in my head i have like if we're looking at a scale of one to five i i have very clear like um qualifications starting at three and whether you're below that or above that um and then depending on how awesome or terrible you are like you know varies for yeah. me so yeah. for me i think the looks are 3.5 i think oh. i i hate trophies that i can get when i was a kid so for it to be something that is like that first hardy's trophy is a one because it's just a boring trophy with a football on it right like no no uh nothing to do with the school or the schools nothing to do with the state um just run-of-the-mill boring trophy so for me if you are just unique in any way you're over a three now this is on the lower end of the uniqueness because of its size and i mean the coloring doesn't really bother me that much um to be honest with you i'm sure it has to do with the the little um uh, Gamecock in the logo probably would screw with coloring because it's how make small it red. Those, um, make, make it make just part of it red. I I don't care. Do something. You can't have the one colored in the other not. That yeah. bothers the hell out of me. I like, mean, it might have been a do two. It red. It's it'd not probably true. be a two, two and a half if they could get there. But then also the size of it stinks. It just I mean, it stinks. If 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 you're gonna color that in, you're not gonna color it in with an incorrect logo, right? Like if you put red, where are you gonna put red in the C? It's make not the, the logo. C red. That's not the logo. It's like, oh, okay, make the Michigan State uh, S white. Like if it's green, it's green. Like it's it is what it is. Well, then they, they shouldn't have done. Then they should have done sure, the outline can, yeah. for the. They should have done the outline orange for the tiger paw and the outline of the other one black with red. It stinks. I okay. hate it. I, I, I'm going to go with the 3.5 for looks. I'm going to go the history of it, a three. Again, like the fact that they felt the need to create a trophy, um, that they fixed their terrible trophy the first time around. Um, again, nothing crazy. There's no crazy story about why they did it. It just was, hey, we're going to actually officially uh, dub this. We shouldn't have this stupid corporate trophy. Um, so just a solid three there for me, uh, the robbery, because it's an in-state rival, it automatically starts at a four. And I think the fact that you're burning, uh, tigers and having funerals for the cock commander, um, I believe that that is a 4.5 and the fact that you just have, uh, such a deep seated hate dating yeah. back to before even one school yeah. was created, um, that gives me, you know, no, that's yeah. going to be a five for me. That's gonna okay. Be five. Okay. Gonna go yeah. five. And then the competitive the season. Yeah. So the competitiveness uh, for me is a, um, a 2.5. So I, I think it's not terrible, especially modern day, um, but it still uh, hasn't been very competitive for the South uh, for the Gamecocks. Um, but um, so just barely under average there for me. And then this will land middle tier for me. I just I I appreciate ah. uniqueness. Whether yes, the size of it stinks, but I I appreciate uniqueness. I cannot cannot put any of the gross, boring football trophies that we have seen over the last two years above that. I just can't. It's not. Yeah. That's just how I. That's how I grade. It's, yeah. It is what it is. Like Neapol Neapolitan pizza is a certain rating for a certain guy. That's where I am with trophies. If you are a, if you are not a basic football on a fucking stand trophy, you're gonna at least start at a certain spot for me. Sorry, fair. but this is probably one of the worst unique ones. That's fair. Fair. Um, so this game will be played on the last weekend of the year during rivalry week. So unfortunately, it will not be uh, this weekend. Uh, Clemson has a date with Notre Dame. To determine whether or not they're going to stay in this playoff essentially so um that's going to do it for us this week uh so please follow us on instagram at whiskers.whiskies please subscribe to our youtube channel and this is something we haven't asked for yet um but we'd really really appreciate it we'd love if you guys really love this podcast can you please rate us on uh, spotify or apple i know it doesn't sound like it, it helps but uh, getting ratings and getting so many ratings is very helpful for us. 
Uh, so please, if you do like this uh, podcast, take a, a small amount of time on whatever you are listening to it on and, and give us a rating. We'd really, really appreciate it. Please, uh, please. Also, again, we would really appreciate comments on how to make this podcast better. We are not experts. This is just a fun thing on the side. We are always looking to improve. We would really appreciate your comments as well. And then also don't forget to check us out on Saturday morning uh, with our bets uh, and, and really keep track of it over these next four weeks uh, to see who is going to win our Pick'em Challenge. Yeah, it buddy. It's really coming down uh, to it looks like three people, but you never know. I hope there's a chaos week where you have the top have a bad week and the bottom have a great week. So it's just like a seven-person run. That would be amazing. Not For likely. You. Not likely, but would be incredible. I'm a, I'm I'm going whiskey shopping. I'm already thinking about what you're going to buy me. So, uh, so join us next week when we talk about a classic trophy, the Golden Boot. For Mike, I'm EJ. Always remember, too much of anything is bad, but too much good whiskey is barely enough. Cheers, boys.